1: That yeah. will actually come out on video in a, f- in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, we, uh, we, we keep worrying about content for these crazy sedans, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes. so in the, the vein of crazy sedan content, we said we should autocross the crazy sedans. So then somebody had, I think it was me, had the crazy mm-hmm. idea that we should actually bring out the sports cars. And autocross the sports cars and the crazy sedans. So, you and I honestly just went to a bare parking lot here. Ironically, we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. Went to a bare parking lot here in Park City uh, over the weekend, took my son to help us with shooting. He was great. And we shot our own autocross that we set up. However, however. Yes, yes. um, What was the tally? Five? Five families? Oh, yeah. This was weird. Yeah. There were five
0: different cars that showed up to this giant parking lot because apparently yes. what you do is on a random <laughs> Sunday afternoon, you bring your teenager over to learn how to drive. But it wasn't just driving. There was backing. There mm-hmm. was shifting. There were all kinds of stuff. And so we'd see a car pull slowly into the parking <laughs> lot like, is that another one? That's another one. Two white SUVs, two black SUVs, and a red Jeep. Two, Hang was, on.
1: two identical <laughs> yeah. white Subaru Outbacks of the and same year. It was know like how I they were. White. It's like they were seeing themselves yeah. on a one-hour delay. It's like one of them was leaving when the and other was one was weird. showing up. It was very, very bizarre. Plus, you've never seen people so confused by cones. Yeah, because we well, see the pull over,
0: out. and they they drive through the autocross randomly yeah. and we like, hi, do you not see the cameras and the cones and, and the Lotus hi. and the
1: Porsche? <laughs> Something's <laughs> going to happen here that's not you and your teenager yeah. driving the Outback, but it's okay. It still was very, very fun. So uh, yeah.
0: All right. All right. Well guys, how welcome back we, to the podcast. How much thought
1: did we put on our own autocross track? We walked I'll answer that right now. We walked this is cool. I like the live questions. We literally grabbed a stack of cones mm-hmm. and started walking and going, we should put one there. We should put another one there. And also, also this is the bad part of the par- about the parking lot. You'll see this on the video. The look, this is why it was not ideal, but we made it work. It had light poles with the huge concrete bases. So it was like let's let's slowly <laughs> slalom around. Zone. Let's Danger slowly zone! Danger zone! No, nobody understeer because that's going to be bad. So that was fun. That was our weekend, and then now we are we're back to podcasting. We're live podcasting. If you didn't get to watch this, you're just hearing it on an audio, which is happening the next day. But everybody. A lot of people have been writing us and saying, would we do a live uh, stream of this? Because let's be honest, mm-hmm. we're all hanging out at home. Yeah, we've been, we've been doing live streams before. It hasn't been yeah. all
0: that often. But for those of you listening, as the podcast mm-hmm, exists mm-hmm. and as normal, we are currently in the midst of a YouTube live stream because we thought, well, hey, people are home and let's do that. So we're, we're live streaming as well as recording it just for regular podcast release. So welcome back to the podcast, guys. Help, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Pilgrimage 2020 is coming your way, and yes, it I'm going to beat on it once again. So if you go to everydaydriver.com, and right in the middle, mm-hmm. you can see mm-hmm. the Adventures tab, and you poke it's that.
1: There. We plan on and going. And then you
0: can see what's happening. The Utah Adventure will be coming up uh, mm-hmm. very soon. We're planning more around that. But at this point, August 2 through 6, mm-hmm. 2020, we're planning on going back to our... Happy places, let's yes, be honest. Yes. One of our, our favorite places on the planet, the Ring and Spa Francochamp tracks mm-hmm. in Belgium and uh, Germany, respectively. And so this is going to be happening for August of 2020. You are cordially invited, and we do have a few signups, as a matter of fact, already. Yes, we do have people a are jumping people are going. on.
1: It's, it's very cool. We are intending to go, uh, assuming we can all leave the house by then. So we are planning to go mm-hmm. in August. Uh, we do have, we have I think, four people signed up already, but we've got lots of space yeah, left something if you like want to go. It is, it's far enough out that we feel really confident about. Going, but again things could change at any time uh for those of you that are listening to the live stream these mics we're talking into are for the audio tomorrow the uh, phone is picking up what's going on in the room i apologize i know that's not the best audio ever but we're glad to have you with us we should do we have a we're gonna do this a little bit different we're going to do a car debate right up front, and then, and we'll, then we're going to open it up to we'll everybody on the live yes. talking about questions. We're going to do questions for the whole back half of the podcast. It's going to be great.
0: Real quick, before we get in, we are scheduling guests for 2020, and so far our first guest is the CEO of Haggerty Insurance, McKeel mm-hmm. Haggerty. He is going to be with us, and so that is for a week from now. So for this podcast, it's yeah, yeah, one week. Yeah one cycle, one week from now. Mm-hmm. So two podcasts from now, we do have Mikheel Haggerty on as a guest. We're really excited to talk to him yeah, it's and uh, should be pretty interesting and informative. We do have a cool car debate from Landon O and his fiance, Lori. And he mm-hmm. you know, tells us a few things about Lori, that she's really a sports
1: car girl. But says, she Don't tell anybody. Well, but he says he thinks she's a sports car girl, but she's not aware. I, honestly, she's not aware and did not tell anybody. So Landon, we're not telling anybody. Uh, I, I think now that she's listening, by the way, hello. But uh, <laughs> I think you're taking a big risk by saying that because she could wind up a sports car be like i really don't like this and then you're stuck and and there's fight but anyway yeah <laughs> all right so
0: landon and his fiancee Lori are looking for a car in the next couple of months he says her 2003 civic is finally on its last legs and they're looking for something small now she loves small and sporty cars mm-hmm. but isn't a major enthusiast yet <laughs> that's the key word yet <laughs> that's that's really
1: hoping for the best there man
0: all right so the car will primarily be hers for commuting for running errands but then they'll take turns driving it and they don't do any tracking at this point so so, this is the only car in her driving history, and she says she really doesn't care as long as they get something small, mm-hmm. but not too small. She doesn't want a smart car. She doesn't want you know, something <laughs> super tiny like in a BART 500, which Landon thinks is the car for her.
1: I noticed that, yeah.
0: She's very practical. She's open to the idea that fun cars are not automatically frivolous and unnecessary, and he says they're thinking ten, ten to $15,000 used or new. Their budget isn't huge. He wants her to be in something newer that will not require major fixes or spending right off the bat, but they're not afraid of scheduled maintenance, which is fine.
1: He says, and "He calls you out, yeah, Paul. I think nine forty fours are out. So, we're, but what we're talking about here is, let's be honest. His fiance wants to climb into a car, turn the key, it starts, it runs. It, Most it, of us do, the, yes. But I'm just saying. By the way, you can do that with a Maserati. You can also do it with a Volkswagen Phaeton, which is surprisingly good at autocross. But <laughs> it's because of the all-wheel drive and the fact that I just it's don't care. It's the all-wheel care. drive and the fact that I just don't and care. The fact, the fact that I don't, that don't care. Chuck it in. Let's see uh-huh. what it does. That'll be fun. I'm glad <laughs>
0: but, you sort of you know made the leather even more slippery." So I could be, like, up against the door. It's funny you say that, because I like feel like the Maserati was myself. far
1: more slippery than the than the I was, was. Racing myself I was, in that car. I was thanking God for the steering Grab wheel. Wrap a leg around the practically, shifter. <laughs> practically, yeah. Anyway, sorry, we're <laughs> off on a tangent. Yes, while all of us want a car that runs, we enthusiasts are more tolerant than most. If you have the morning tolerant. that it does something weird, you're like, this really frustrates because me. Because of the fun, because but, of how much we like it, but you But you like it. Okay. You still like okay. it. You're getting, but... That happens twice to somebody that's not an enthusiast, they're going to get rid of that car. You okay. Know I mean? It's okay. just like it has, it has to start. So, this needs to be a starts and runs car. But we've got, honestly, he apologizes, but I think 10 to 15 grand is a good amount of money for this, honestly.
0: No, I do too. Landon, that's great. And Landon goes on to say that it is her car, but selfishly, he wants to have fun in it occasionally as well. They've never had anything rear wheel drive. So, mm-hmm. something rear wheel drive is high on the bucket list. But he says tough with their requirements. It needs to be automatic, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Meanwhile, his driving history includes a Ford F-150 and a Dodge Caravan in what he calls baby barf seaweed green metallic. I can have fun with paint color names. Uh,
1: but honestly, that I does do like sound that. like one of the ones you would have come up with because yours are always 14 words long and they're great. And that's that's pretty good. I have. To I be was going to go yeah. with
0: like unidentified container in the prison dumpster juice, metallic fish scale. Yikes. Something like that. That's a little long. I yeah. looked up your land and your, your seaweed color and you're yeah. right. It, it's not great. So they've got those two in the driving history. But he currently drives a 2015 Camry. He can
1: only describe as his work truck. <laughs> I <laughs> well, but no, but his hang on, work truck. Hang on, the hang on. Camry we, work truck. we, we tease people for having a pickup they never use. And we ask the question of, do you need a pickup? It sounds like Landon kind of does and kind just said, of. I've got a Camry, I'm going to make it work. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about lumber and crazy things that have gone in this. He's actually made a game about how much he can fit in the interior of a camera. He's gone that far. So this is the other right, end of the spectrum. Where right. I kind of get the sense that Landon could probably be okay with a truck. It's just he doesn't have a truck. So honestly, <laughs> man, bravo, you're playing the other side of the equation. I think it's great. He
0: says... It runs. I don't care. I wash it once every three months. I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah, It fits everything <laughs> he needs it to. Two by four sheet metal. And once he got two kitchen cabinets and an interior door in the trunk with the seats down. All right. It's All sort right. of like a game of Tetris for him. For you know, sure. To see how it much he can yeah. fit in that baby. Yeah, yeah. So the other catch is Lori doesn't want a car that's too flashy. For her, that means the sports car shape, the FRS, the Miata. But she does like the look of the Mini which is good. Interesting. Yeah. I noticed that that's on my list. As a matter of fact, okay, it right. doesn't have to be practical. And she does. She doesn't want her to just say I'm driving sports car because of perception. Yeah. Her dream car is a 1960s Mustang, by the way.
1: I noticed that. I noticed that. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah, for sure.
0: And he says, um, you know, don't tell her I told you, but she really loves a sports car, even though she doesn't want a sports car. <laughs> I'm a little confused. Yeah, but she is compassionate. And by the way, she's a teacher and works in some low income areas and doesn't want people to think she's had stuff that's too fancy. And we've actually run into that many times. We've Mm -hmm. debated cars for for bankers and lawyers and doctors and real estate agents and musicians and all kinds of people. And then, you know, I had stories about my dad who was in aviation insurance and would, you know, drive into the airport hangar and guys would have their $300,000 airplane. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, well, that's an expensive looking Volvo there. Yeah, it's like,
0: yeah, no, it's.
1: Not it's just a Volvo, but yet it's just a yeah. Volvo. But but we've also talked about this perception. There is a perception on sports cars that is problematic because, you know, the average cost of a car in this country is thirty grand. But if you go buy yourself a loaded minivan or seven seater, you're spending fifty. Okay? Yeah. Your typical family yeah. will go spend fifty grand, I mean, not always, but it's not that uncommon for a family to spend fifty grand on the family car and look down at somebody that spent fifteen or twenty grand on a sports car like Whoa. You're making too much. It's like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Hang this on. Perception hang on. is so funny. It's very interesting how that's the case. I actually have a car that kind of breaks this rule, Landon, but I want to unpack it a little bit. What do you have for for her? Well, you mentioned, first of all, the Mini, Landon, and she does like the look of it, and it
0: does feel fun, especially for that amount of money, 10 or $15,000. Mm-hmm. The best Cooper S money can buy because people will look at it as a cute little hot hatch or mm-hmm. maybe just car. Maybe it's just a hatchback. And I like that for you. Because then you get in it and she's just going to love it automatic Mm. or not. We've driven both as a matter of fact, and I do like them and I like that you're gravitating towards that, but that tells me, about hot hatches in general is mm-hmm. kind of the sweet spot because might if be, we go FRS, as you said, Miana FRS, mm-hmm. something like that with a traditional front engine rear drive, sure, sure, like sure. a Mustang, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna seem really hot, even though at everyday driver the entire ethos is buy something that looks far more expensive mm-hmm. than you ever paid. Sure, sure, sure. Not not for the purpose of flash, not at all, but just to get in a better car mm-hmm. or one that drives better, one that you like more for the same price as something way down here, your Camry pickup truck. Yes. Anyway, so I was looking at those. I, I do like, though, the CRZ. You said it oh, doesn't have to be practical, doesn't have to be fast, but it mm. looks kind of fun and sporty, but not quite. It looks economical. I
1: see where you're going. I see where you're
0: going. It looks sort of fun, but again, you're not going to say sports car and, wow, that looks, you know, how much you make? And that looks really mm. expensive. Interesting. And they're I not fast. Yeah. Except for that. Jackson racing, the supercharged one. with That was 50 grand
1: new. And I'm sure you can't find one. Yeah. Cause I think they made four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but
0: I was just thinking the CRZ, mm-hmm. even a CRX, let's say you go way back to the early nineties. Yeah,
1: I think she wants newer than that, but I I'm sure you do. Yeah.
0: But that platform is really the idea that I want you to embrace. And so the CRZ manifests itself in that. And they're like six to 12. Yeah. Something for in sure. There. save money. Yeah. And every time I just beat on that thing, it's sort of like driving a Prius quickly. You do the two pedal thing. You do the brake stand, and then just you know, you side your driving. foot. You love that kind of. They we were like a Prius just shoots past them. They're going.
1: How is that? Everything possible? you've ever heard about sports cars. <laughs> I mean, pardon me, so but much rental fun. cars <laughs> getting murdered. Paul has done all of those things to the point that when when we go on a shoot and we run a, we rent a car of any kind, especially SUVs. Yeah. And you're driving, you oh. will be in on that car until the rest of us get uncomfortable for, on behalf of the car. I mean, there's <laughs> there it's murderous for for the amount of mechanics. Cars just stuff, like.
0: Oh, my gosh. For
1: the amount of mechanical sympathy that you ha- that you have for your own cars or for cars of other people you know, the contrast when you get a rental car yeah. is stark. It's it's quite profound. I do have a double standard there. Oh, but time, I take
0: yeah. it out on the rental cars because the fastest car on the planet, as you know. Yes. Well, we've all heard that for sure. Is a rental car. So I'm liking the Honda CRZ. But as a matter of fact, I was having a discussion with Ben the other day. Ben, mm-hmm. who shoots yeah, yeah. for us. Uh-huh. And he was thinking of, you know, Volvo C30. He was thinking for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it occurred to me, Ben, I just thought, well, why not a C30? Again, we're not looking for the amazing sports car or track driving experience. That's not it. It's something fun, sporty, but economical, something affordable. I've always liked how C30s look, but that's the problem with them. I've always liked being on the outside looking at the person Mm, like that mm, looks like a cool car because the interior doesn't do it for me. And they're fine to drive. Just think mm-hmm. of Mazda three driving experience, yeah, and you sure. get it for sure. Which is good. We like yeah, Mazda three. They're a good stand up hatch. And for I sure, thought man. I've been looking around. If you can find that uh, that R design, I've been look- actually looking on Auto Tempest yeah. over here, and I found. A C30 R design Did T5. You? Okay, went cool. on, well, right. it's on eBay right now, so it's a low price. But you know, with the body kit and everything,
1: yeah, the the, the R designs of that era looked really cool, and the C30 was kind of awesome I wish it had stuck around and gotten better. I actually think the early ones looked better than the refresh. I feel like the refresh. I agree was to that. Good I found but another are anyway, there. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, you know, looking around at those because they are economical in the sense of storage. You you know that hatch in the rear. It's kind of different. It's quirky. It stands out yeah, yeah, like yeah. a mini. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's useful. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not super hair on fire and they're, they are very affordable, but ultimately my, my question for you, Landon is why not a Mustang? For mm. ten to fifteen, you can get all kinds of Mustangs.
1: Sure. So you're talking, you're thinking a, a more modern Mustang. You're not thinking a '60s Mustang. I'm not thinking a, a '60s. Thinking I'm thinking modern. a more modern. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure.
0: What can you get? What Mustang can you get for fifteen grand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's try it out. Let's check those boxes. Okay. And okay. again, it's not going to be so expensive and so precious. Yeah. But it is going to have all the dynamics that you're looking for, Landon. And
1: that's that the hard part here. Is we have something. We have your fiance on one side wanting to be conservative. We have you on the other side wanting rear wheel drive. Fun and he's car. over there going. Come and on. so we have to balance those two. I have yeah. I have two to mention. I I actually like your CRZ a lot. I think it's a really interesting one. I think it's, that's one of those surprise cars. We've talked about it for now. Automatic on that I don't like as much. It has honestly an almost Honda S two thousand quality six speed manual. But she wants an auto. But she wants the auto. So we're ducking that, unfortunately, which is, which fine. is too Just bad. Fine. But yeah. I, I do get it. I want to go two normal ones, and then I want to really try to sell you on one, Landon, that I think breaks some of your rules, but I want to explain why. Okay? Okay. I think she might enjoy a Honda Accord Coupe. Okay. Get a Honda Accord Coupe. Landon, get good tires on it. I don't care what it comes on. I mean, get that's the key for any car, of but, but I'm saying get good performance tires on that, and I think you will drive it and be pleasantly surprised by it. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. she will find it to be a fantastic upgrade from her Corolla. It's a little larger. It is larger. But fantastic upgrade from her Corolla. You get the coupes. You get the two doors. It feels a little bit flashier, but it's still the Honda Accord. Okay? Yeah, So I think that's viable. Sure. I'm trying to think about cars that if they pull into a parking lot of an underprivileged school, it doesn't look flashy, but it's still nice. I'm trying to walk that line. You know what I mean? I I see that. Another one in that category, because I think it's a car that most people don't really think of right off the bat, get a used uh, Acura TL. Those are good. You're That's saying really like 05 nice to 08, that version. Well, but even beyond that, though, just you got to jump over, and I forget the years. It's like 09 to 2011. There was the the major beak years. Avoid the beak years. But the the, but, beak then they, years. but then they but then they refine the beak, and it becomes less obnoxious. Okay? <laughs> it's okay. the album. It's Where like, are they
0: now? Remember the beak years? <sighs> yeah.
1: Seriously, it's like it wasn't it, great. It, it's a parrot fish for like two or three years. Okay, it's very yeah. Bad. It wasn't great. So, but then they refine that, and but the TL throughout though has been good to drive, and has been reliable, and has been a good car for the money. So, I think the TL might be a way to get kind of a, a stealth, almost luxury car that's kind mm-hmm. of just run. Because, again, it mm-hmm. is almost a Honda Accord in its own right. But the car okay. I think that matches both of these, and I thought about this, Landon, because that Mustang thing is interesting to me. What you're telling me is that your fiance likes a car with sporty style. But without being really aggressive, because when I think of a 60s Mustang, yes, you can go the Bullets. You can go the ones that look really mean, but you can also, we've all heard the joke, nice little secretary's car. You can also go much softer. That was the interesting thing about those 60s Mustangs is they went both directions. You had the kind of softer looking ones that were, I, I hate to say it, almost cute. And then you had the ones like the Eleanors that look aggressive.
0: <laughs> Never I'm going tell
1: to, man's is cute. I'm about to get a stream of comments on the live stream and then nasty emails later about calling a Mustang cute. And Chance is in the other room editing and he may come yeah, in here I and bludgeon me just, just for your fun. Probably anyway, wait. but I'll just watch me like yeah. now. Let's huh, see. That just happened live. We should leave that video up. That's going to get a lot exactly. of views. Todd, dead in the pool of blood. Moving on. Exactly. Okay, this got dark. Anyway, let me ask um, some questions here. But seriously, the, um, the thing I think would be interesting here is, follow me. A third-gen hardtop Miata. So NC mm-hmm. Miata hardtop. Pro- power retractable hardtop. Hard You've got the money to, to find a really, really nice one. You think she would like a sports car. Mm. We've driven that car in automatic and in stick. It's It's got the automatic on that at least is an actual automatic, not a CVT. They have very okay. nice dynamics. Okay, That is a car that, kind of like the Mini, while it is a car that is sporty— Nobody gets mad about a Miata. Nobody looks at somebody in a Miata and goes, they're a rich jerk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that really doesn't happen. You're right. And especially right. with that NC and the way that it looks at the power of hardtop. I think you can pull that into any parking lot anywhere, and you are approachable and nice and not a snob. I lo- I'm on board with this idea. Because the hardtop
0: makes it a real car, and of all the generations, I felt like it is the most substantial in size. Is, for sure. Weight, of course. Mm-hmm. And the, those are the Achilles heel about it because yeah. it's it's more towards a Mustang. Not I'm not comparing a
1: Miata no, to a Mustang. But, no, but but I'm more
0: towards that rear wheel drive, sports car recipe mm-hmm. without being hey, flashy. Like you said. I, I'm doing I'm, on I'm board doing with a, this.
1: a tenuous line between that original soft soft version of the yeah. Mustang, if you will, and that NC Miata. I think there's mm. a connection there. I do. In feel of how they appear in the market, I think there's a connection there. Yeah. That car's yeah. going to run. It's reliable. You can find them for your money. You can find a nice one for your money. Like, nice ones are, what, 12? Uh, yes, fourteen. So I, I And I think when you jump in at Landon, you're going to be like, this car's just fun. And when she drives it, it's going to get good gas mileage. It's going to be a car that runs. And when she pulls it into wherever, it's not a car you can get mad at. Honestly, who's Miata. mad about an NC Miata unless you hate Miattas?
0: Nobody. Right. Now that's interesting because, you know, should you Landon ever want to go do some autocross or tracking, whatever, you still do have a good car to go do that in. Mm-hmm. Amazingly enough, Miatas always come up. That is so amazing. They always come up. Yep. It's the acronym that it makes the Miata. But yes. I, I'm I'm intrigued by this. I like the hard top version of that because it does turn it into a fun car, genuinely. You put the mm-hmm. top down. It gives it a different attitude.
1: It's, it's It has a little bit more stealth than I just bought a convertible. Mm-hmm. I think about that uh, maroon one that we had, uh, and I forget the woman's name that owned it when we did our generations of the of the Miata. Oh, yeah. She was uh, Salt like local. She'd had it forever, and it was just her car. She wasn't like, I go out autocrossing. She just mm-hmm. bought it. It was her daily, and she used it in that way. When we drove it hard, it was probably the hardest that car had ever been driven. Very she true. Was, she very was true. Very, very nice about just being generous with her car with us. But I just thought, you're an interesting buyer because she was showing to us, let's be honest, the opposite end of Miata ownership. Because most of the people that we run into that own Miatas track them. It's their autocross car. It's that. Yeah. She just bought it as car.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Max Goldberg on the the feed here on the mm-hmm. chat is saying Genesis Coupe, which is a car we've recommended many, many times. Mm-hmm. And that is a viable contender for sure. It, it has the same recipe. Yeah, that's something to check out, Landon. And uh yeah, really uh you've got some driving homework here, but I like what you're uh, what you're leaning towards. Landon, I, please let us know. That's my favorite for sure. I, I I definitely agree. Guys, if you've got your own car debate, as I always tell you, write to us. You can go to everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or in the top right corner of the website. You can punch the About tab, and under that appears the Contact button, and those emails syndicate to the same place. And while you're there, you're looking at the pilgrimage trip, of course, and you're wondering what loose couch
1: change Takes How many couches do I need? It takes more than that, but you don't. But here's the thing: as you've said before, let's not do the kitchen this year. Let's go to Germany. No bathroom because
0: as soon as you start picking at the bathroom tile, don't do that. bathroom that's, that's, remodel—that's the end of it. Yeah, for leave sure. that alone yeah, this year. Sure. That can wait. Your kitchen works; the water runs, and you've got knives, and you can do all that stuff. <laughs> the water runs, and you have knives. You have a stove, right? You can <laughs> you can cook. So, okay. leave all, all right. that alone. Come sure. with us on the pilgrimage trip. We've got people signing up, it's and be great. Uh, we're very enthusiastic about that.
1: If you like driving like us, you're always looking for your next track event. No matter what your skill level, motorsportreg.com makes it ridiculously easy for you to find and register for track events all across the country. With over 7,000 events annually, it's the most complete events listing nationwide.
0: And if you're an event organizer, Motorsport Reg will help you fill every event with tools that automate tasks, improve accuracy, and grow participation. Plus, there's a full-time
1: support team who are there when you need them. Learn more and find events today at msreg.com slash everyday driver. That's com slash everyday driver.
0: We've got to jump to questions because uh, I feel like they're, they're already beginning. So I will say We're to everybody on the live stream, yeah. let us have it. Yeah. Bring your questions. This is something we haven't really done. except just for, asked for more. We That's did uh, for for podcast 400. As a matter of fact, we did. And those came at in, uh, in significant numbers. But at this point, we've never really done live questions. We've mm-hmm. always had questions online. And, And at least for me, I've had time to mull over it. I've had time to think.
1: (laughs) This is about as from the hip as it can get, right here, my friend. brace yourself.
0: What's my? How do I feel about that subject? So (laughs) anyway, this is uh, very much. We're going to get ourselves firmly in trouble here.
1: I have no doubt that we're going to say something very wrong. But anyway, no, you do not need an international driver's license to participate in pilgrimage. You can just go. You need to show your license here in the U.S. and the fact that you are currently licensed to drive. But otherwise, you're absolutely okay to go without that. Andrew P says,
0: "Did anyone spin in the autocross?" in what car? No, we didn't because of the aforementioned concrete, three foot concrete <laughs> we buttresses with the light careful. pole on top oh, yeah. of that, yeah, yeah. and the fact that you know the cameras are running, and we just we need to come away with footage, not mm-hmm. damaged cars. So we weren't pushing it super hard, but you know enough to <laughs> to, to discover some strange <laughs> things about our cars. Yeah. Oh, what company has the worst shade of gray from Scoobers ninety worst, worst shade of gray? Are they all gray. just bad? Uh, I'm sorry, but anyway, you know I feel like. The really high-end auto manufacturers pay attention to their grays far more than the typical offering from I'm going to call them out Ford and GM and FCA.
1: It's just here's a color,
0: even though there are people in the color and trim studios that are obsessing over not just the color, the shade, the name, of course. So they're they're doing that, but I will say that the grays are just a little bit more finely tuned, especially with the paint colors. They're they're just they're more finely tuned for the, uh,
1: all just great for the high end. Yeah, sorry, it's all manufacturers. Just great. Scott asks, would we choose a nine nine three? Are they both on here? A nine nine three. There we go. See, it's it's interactive. I knew it would, would come we in would handy. Choose a nine nine three over a nine nine seven point one. Mm. There you, see, there you go. See, look. I, I need, I need like things to point to. That's what I've been missing. <laughs> he needs anyway, pie charts and flow awful. charts and graphs. And- he says he's aware of the price premium on the nine nine three. I, I think that's the big thing: is are you able to offset the price premium? Because the thing about a nine nine seven point one, yes, IMS bearing, is it's just a driver. It's not anything you have any reason to be precious about. You buy it, you drive it. It's raining, it's snowing. It doesn't matter. Just drive it. The 993, I'm concerned that if you buy one of those, you're going to be in a situation where, Scott, you just go, I can't drive that car because, and you're filling the blank, and it's going to sit. Mm -hmm. That's my concern. The 993 is also, it's air-cooled. So who's your mechanic? I mean, it's older tech, let's be honest. They are genuinely awesome. Watch our 50 years 911. I really, and I'm not even a 911 guy. I do like the 993 a lot. I don't think they're worth the premium. If I was buying a 911 to drive, I'd buy the 997 personally.
0: Yeah, no, you would. All right. Chris L says, if we were in the raffle, if one of you were in the raffle to win one of the big sedan challenge cars, Mm -hmm. which one would you pick? I have every person that has driven the Maserati. (laughs) I am selling the dynamic. I'm selling Maserati and everybody gets out of it going, huh? Uh, That's not as bad as I thought. That's actually kind of cool. Who knew?
1: And then, you know, they're searching for Maseratis online. So I'm, I'm voting for Maserati. In, in Trap Mountain says the beak years needs to be half of this episode's title. I like that. That's good. <laughs> we should definitely do it. That. All right. I'm all not. right. Write that down. What else? What else? Uh, is that the first ever live stream? We did one on uh, 400 and we were dark. Because we were sitting in yeah, a movie the theater, and there was, was no lighting, great. and so it was all bad in that regard. Uh, yeah, Chance is laughing about the fact he may have to come in here and bludgeon me. I think that probably will happen. <laughs> yeah, some Mustangs are cute. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Some Mustangs are cute. I'm not going to go there. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to go there. Yeah. All right, uh, question from ages Real: Have we heard anything about the 2022 BRZ? Supposedly it will be turboed and use Toyota's new TNGA platform. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? As far as, you know, what is to come, it's really tough to comment, especially, you know, when we do car debates for people and they're thinking about a car that's two or three years out thinking, I'm going to save my money for that from from here. It's tough to comment because of how quickly the automotive industry changes. I mean, we're not privy to the discussions in the boardroom. anything actually calls us or anything, but um, I, I think it's... It's tough to make a call on things that are planned now until we're really close, until we start to see test mules, yeah, until we start to see and hear things and we get a lot closer. I mean, at this point in this recording, the Ford Bronco still has not been released and everybody knows everything about it at this point.
1: Well, that's the thing is we're always, I mean, we let, come on, this happened to the Supra. The Super was, this is going to be like this in the yes. Bolivian until it finally Corvette, came out. The Corvette, the NSX, yes. everybody, and then, knew everybody And then the other thing is, by the time the Super came out, we all decided we already hated it. Nobody driven it, we already hated it, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's too bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, look, obviously I owned one. I still love the 86. We just put it in our first episode for season seven. It's in there, and you and I both, again, we're just like, this is just a great car. And I know there are those of you out there that want to get through a whole episode and have us not discuss Porsche or anything of the 86 platform. And Mm -hmm. I'm sorry we have not done it again. But (laughs) um, it it. it is genuinely great. I'm excited about having another one. I hope that the next one is refined in power. But I'll be honest with you. I would rather it is as good or better a chassis than, well, we threw power at it. Okay. Let's hope that. Okay. I'm, I'm very worried about them hearing the internet hate enough that they throw off the balance. This guy and it becomes a powerful car that isn't as good to drive, or a more powerful car that isn't as good to drive. That's yeah, my concern. but the
0: current chassis can handle the power. It Everybody's no, I agree with that. that. No, I agree with that. So they don't have to do much Let's if they keep not. it on the Let's same chassis. Yes. If the next yes. one comes out and it's on a different chassis, it's mm-hmm. yet untested and untried by enthusiasts everywhere. I get that. Keep you know keep
1: it in reserve. But if it's same or similar, yeah. and we've proven that it can handle it. it's proven yes for which sure. i like miata 13 says <laughs> he's asking us to rant what do we think about the auto stop start feature oh okay, yeah quickly yes it saves gas if you are in a stop and go commute situation yeah. and yeah. you sit still it saves gas i want to put that out of the way that exists I hate it. I hate it. Mm. And we die. What's funny is we'll go on a shoot. That's that same rental car equation. We'll go on a shoot. <laughs> and the first time we come to a stop and the car dies, all of us in the car, doesn't matter how many of you in the car, we are all diving forward <laughs> looking for, like, for the button. Where's, where's the, the button? little? Where's the little A with the circle? Yeah. With, there it is. It's, like a, it's yeah. like a treasure hunt to see who can find it fastest because it's so annoying. And if you drive in a place like uh-huh. L.A. where the minute the light thinks about leaving red, you better be leaving the line. You can't be the first person at the line waiting on your start stop to happen. People are going to kill you. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we're not normal. I agree. I just, I don't like it, but I, I see, I see the reason I understand the savings. It annoys me. Dr. Duck asks, if
0: we were to take a trip to Japan for filming and given that there are many people doing it, what would we want to film to be different? To be honest, it's the same mindset that Todd and I have filming anywhere else. And that is, More of stock cars, cars that you can buy as they are not going into the tuning scene because in America, in any country, there's a big tuning scene. Yeah, that's not what we really want to dive into. And that is, you know, here's what you can do to make it obscene horsepower and all that kind of stuff or crazy body kits Mm -hmm. or whatever that is. That interests me less than, you know, the actual just driving enthusiasts. And you're setting it up to be able to do that. And you're buying the stock mm-hmm. car from the showroom floor or a stock used car and going to find great driving roads there. It, it I kind of think in a weird way it'd be a little bit different because that's not what people go to Japan to do. They they go to discover the you know the crazy Lamborghinis or the drift cars or the Skylines yeah. or the tuning scene
1: or whatever that I, I is. I don't need to see the guy with uh, I own every uh, every version of the Corolla or the, I mean, because there's some crazy car collections there. But you yeah, and I aren't car are car collection guys. We want to drive the cars. I mean, We're the, also not going to drive vans or the Lamborghinis with yeah. the lights underneath. No. We're not going to do that either. I, I, I'm always a forbidden fruit guy. I want to drive the stuff I can't get otherwise. Ideally, I don't yeah. want to show that yeah. off, but that doesn't mean that there's not a million other things that I can't even fathom right now Mm -hmm. that we could do. Uh, There's, oh, you know what? Henry asks this question. It's like they're asking for rants. Would we ever straight pipe a car? (laughs) People, (laughs) Um, of course they are. So Henry, uh, I feel like I've finally learned, I finally learned, I've had three cars where I changed the exhaust and I regretted all three of them. Yeah. So I have decided that I, I, you know, whatever exhaust you give me on a car, that's the exhaust it has. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. The, actually, the only one I get away with is actually the Lotus has an aftermarket one too. Because if you look at the back of my Lotus, it doesn't have the central two pipes; it's got a pipe off to the side, and I have an attachment for Laguna Seca, so I can go by the sound booth anyway. Yeah, that one, that car's loud either way. So it's a Lotus and it rattles and it's loud and I don't care. But I've had three other cars. It was the, uh, the oh, actually the Saab 92X, I didn't have an exhaust. I put an exhaust on the last six months of ownership of my 300ZX and ruined it. Mm-hmm. I put an exhaust on my FRS and never liked it enough. It was, it was drony. It, I liked it from outside the car, but it was drony. Yeah, and yeah. the Lancer sounded awesome if you were not currently driving. And when you were in it, you could not wait to get out of it or you scrambled for earplugs like I did. So I I would not straight pipe a car for all of those reasons. (laughs) All right. I'm looking through questions here.
0: This is great. Chris N. says, hello from the UK. Thank you for for listening. Really appreciate it, Chris. Uh, What else? Oh, Anthony B. says, in cars like the Jag F-Type that make the ZF 8-speed act like a dual clutch – Do they last as long as the ZF in a car that doesn't shift so aggressively? Well, think about motorcycles. They're clutches bathed in oil. They're wet clutches. Mm -hmm. Similar concept for dual clutches. All right. So they, they are bathed in oil, which does improve the life. It actually gives them, you know, a little bit longer lifespan. To my knowledge, I don't hear of PDKs disintegrating or You know, not lasting. They definitely need service, but the intervals actually are quite long in between services. 40,000 miles or more, depending on if you're, you know, on a GT3 and you're doing track use. But as far as that ZF 8-speed, we found it in not just the Jag, but we found it in the Alpha. We found it in many other cars Mm -hmm. and are surprised. Well, it's just an automatic. It's just the shift points and the way it's tuned. It's still an automatic. that You know, it shifts brilliantly, and it tries to trick you into thinking, well, this is something special and expensive, even though... Indeed, it's still an automatic, still has a torque converter, which I think will make it honestly last longer and still be, you know, if you just drive it regularly like an automatic and then you put it in sport mode and, you know, have at it. I think it'll be just fine for a long time. Obviously, do regular service, but otherwise, I think it'll be
1: just fine. A couple of Lotus questions are coming through. I actually saw one earlier. Essentially, there's a couple of questions out there you have asked me about engine swaps on the Lotus. My, my gut reaction is no. I think it's a, I think it's a borderline tune out of class thing because what about the, the supercharger? Let's go there instead. Well, that's fine because the, factory the engine also, the factory the offers the a supercharger. The supercharger and, yeah. and honestly the, the factory supercharger is look, I know this can be tuned into oblivion. I know a couple people that are probably going to start writing me nasty questions right now because I'm daring to say this, but the factory supercharger is phenomenal for what it does to the car. It, it takes how the car feels after it gets on second cam and adds that power from the start. Mm -hmm. And so it's this nice push and the actual supercharger runs out of breath up top. But by that point, the engine's powerful anyway, that I am much more prone. And I know this is not everybody. I am much more prone to go with the thing that was properly R indeed for the car than to swap an engine. Mm -hmm. I know it can be done and can be fun. The K K 20 cars can be very cool. People have done crazy things to the Elise, the Exige. I get it. I want, this is where I'm not a wrench and I don't want a project. Mm -hmm. I want it to run. And when it doesn't run, I want to take it to somebody who knows these cars and go, that one doesn't run. And they go, oh, well, it's this problem because you have this. I don't want to have a Frankenstein monster that we have to go, well, how does this work? So I realize, look, if, that, <laughs> if that's you and you're okay with that, I realize that those swaps start to be more interesting. But there isn't anything wrong, honestly, with Supercharger especially, with the Supercharged version of the Elise and Exige. They've got plenty of power for that chassis. I know people have got four mm-hmm. and 500 horsepower versions of those. You, Not you necessary. Yeah. That's now when you're, as far as I'm concerned, you're unbalancing what's great about it. It's got a, a fantastic balance of everything going on there. This is what we talked about with the 86, the FRS. It lacks the power to be balanced with everything else get a little bit of power bump balance that car out. I agree to the that. The Elise has done very well yes. especially in supercharged form. I wish I had a supercharged one. When I bought my car the 06 was 30 grand, are still 30 grand. The supercharged one were 40 45, that's why I didn't buy one.
0: All right, Justin S asks for recommendations on car movies or car chase movies to watch now that people are forced to stay home at this point. Well, if you have not seen Senna the film or The oh, Racing Life of that's Paul not Newman. What I thought you were going to say I highly recommend okay. both of those. As you guys know, Paul Newman is one of my all-time heroes as a driver, as a as a person for his philanthropy and by the way he, you know, screwed around with acting just a little bit a little in bit, yeah. one or two movies. Yeah. But yes, those are my um my go-to. But Six Underground on Netflix is of course... I knew that
1: was... That, that's where I thought you were headed.
0: Maserati gets flipped and wrecked and in the movie you can see the cage in the Maserati. You can see it like reinforced which means they went through QP5s. They yes. used of course them up they did. like playing cards. Of course they did. They one discarded of the, these One things. of the
1: reasons the 1969... There's two reasons the 1969 Charger <laughs> is a darling of auctions. One, it was made famous by a TV show and two, the TV show crashed thousands of them. Yeah. So now there's yeah. not very many left there. In good condition. Right. Both of those things are key. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That is my go to movie. Because the Maserati, uh, the QP5, it wasn't just the new QP6 Maserati. The first, the first 15 minutes of that film are one of the better chase scenes ever. And then you can promptly turn it off. I don't need a plot. I don't need any I, of the character development. I, yeah. I just want action. That is a fantastic chase scene. But, and also, I will say this. Honestly, it's one of the best chase scenes I've ever seen for actually showing that the chase scene is happening in a real world. Because chase yeah. scenes typically thunder through cityscapes. And the worst thing that happens is somebody, if you notice this, somebody either with a big wall pane of glass or somebody holding groceries with a French roll sticking out of the top. There's always the French bread. Always. Yeah. They funny. look at it as it goes by. Yeah. That's about as involved as the general public gets. There is like bystander carnage in six underground. And while that is heinous to see, <laughs> it's awful. You realize yeah. it feels bad because you've never seen that. That's what I actually liked about it is I was like, this feels like this. I mean, like there's a poor guy driving around Italy on his Vespa that gets mowed down by the <laughs> chase seat. And I thought that is, that is really gory. And yet probably would have happened.
0: And that probably would happen yeah, for it was sure. So anyway, Fascinating.
1: Yeah. Character development, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I don't whatever. care.
0: Uh, what else in here? Oh, Max Stone. Hello from Germany. Hello. Thanks for uh, for joining. Really appreciate it. We got to do more of these uh, once in a while. That's seems what like, everybody uh, said. Yeah. People are liking that. That's cool. Oh, the driver for, with Ryan O'Neill is um, Smith's Fan 425 recommends that. So,
1: Vanishing Point. Oh, I could get in trouble for my thoughts on Vanishing Point. I should move on. <laughs> Pick another question. Yeah, I should. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. I need a plot to justify action. Yeah, but see, for the first 15 minutes, it doesn't matter, Max, because it's just <laughs> drop in, have an action scene. It's like, it's like the scene at the beginning of a Bond film. We haven't started the credits yet, so that's just a standalone crazy chase. People uh, get shot at, and we move on. Just that, snarky that, Ryan Reynolds commentary. and You know um, why? Do you know why? That. Six Underground was written by the guys that wrote Deadpool. Oh, which is why no it sounds like the exact same voice. Is then good. there we go. That's exactly. the And thing it's just that deadpan, yep. like whatever. Yeah. Baby driver is way, way up there as good, good driver movies. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely true there. All right. I'll get, get you, the,
0: get you that blues brothers. Yeah. All right. What else? Let's see. Slow car, fast or fast car, slow. We've had this question many times. It's increasingly yeah. the car when it comes to the pilgrimage, we want you in a slow car or a skateboard or something like that. But I, I need power. I need the adrenaline. I really do. I appreciate much the slow more a car. Guy than I, am. I yeah. appreciate the slow car thing, but that at some point I'm going, all right, where is it? I, I need the power. I need it. So that's me.
1: Let's see. Color Cartel's looking for a second set of wheels uh, for his Lotus. That's a nice problem to have. Uh, he eats through the R triple eight Rs fast, as you do. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but if you're gonna be, look, if you uh, yes, get a second set of wheels and keep those for when you do autocrosses and track days. That was the thing I discovered in autocrossing yeah. the Elise this weekend. is I was like, yeah, these Indy 500s are not holding up like I want them to when I'm doing autocross. Your car refused to understeer. The Lotus was like, I'll understeer if you want. Well, we did have the
0: post winter sand yes, still in yes. the gravel parking lot, mm-hmm.
1: and it was still a little bit slidey. But it was it was a lot of little bit of everything. Yeah, it was it was quite nuts. My favorite moment that, we, that won't. <laughs> Make the peace. This is why I can tell this because okay, it won't make the peace. All right, all right. Is whenever one of us wasn't driving, we were flying the drone. Yeah. Okay. Right, and right. we fly the drone very differently. I like to get like the expanse, and Paul likes to chase and get close. And I get close now and then, but Paul likes to chase and get close. I like the right off Yeah, the, I know. Uh, speed. So I got in your GTS mm-hmm. to do this autocross, and I came <laughs> around the back hairpin to the one place that you can floor it. And I came around the back hairpin, and the drone is roughly my head height. I was just trying things and you were trying to back (laughs) away from me. But the problem was I was going probably 50% faster than the drone. So I've got closing distance happening as it's closing, 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 closing on
0: a a screen monitor like this. So then I come at me that whole section of
1: the autocross watching the drone exist right along the A pillar of the GTS and kind of slowing down while it hovered above the mirror. Like I really ought to slow down. I don't want to break both the drone and my friend's car. That shot won't make the piece. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. I'm disappointed to hear that. I know. All right. What else? Uh, Let's see. Matt Campbell said, last episode, we suggested avoiding manuals for the first time on the ring. Would we say it's worth going manual if you can rent the same car you track and daily on the ring, but it's only stick? Yeah, Yeah. that's fine. If you're used to those pedal position already, you're used to the car, that's an old suit. That's just an old friend. You drop right in and you're comfortable immediately. Absolutely. We recommend that because if you're already comfortable in that car, you're not thinking about it. You can just get in and drive and now focus on your line. But if it's a brand new car with brand new pedal placement, Mm -hmm. the shifter's unfamiliar and you can't quite feel it yet. And now go fast and, you know, hit the apex and, you know, be neutral, throttle through there and then full speed on the track out and
1: don't stay to the left, get to the right. You know, I have never seen humans look so stunned out of their element and overwhelmed as I do when people climb out of their first laps at the ring. When we take them, they get out dazed like they get out and they just kind of need a second. Watch our yeah. pilgrimage film because yeah. we get out like that too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It happens. To, it's not like we were immune. And it's it every year to too because yes. we're like, oh, yeah. That's, that's, it's <laughs> that's this right. Place. That's why no, we come. But that's the thing. We don't, want you, we don't want you to put you in a car where just driving the car on an area you knew like your favorite back road would be harder. You'd have to adapt to that car. Because trust me, the amount of information that's flying at you with the instructor sitting right seat and the ring doing this and it's blind and there's trees and there's a guy wrecked around the corner. Now I have to shift. There there have been people, honestly, that have come to RSR. This is one of the reasons why I think RSR has gone to almost all automatics. They have some manuals, but almost all automatics. When we first were working with them, back when we did Pilgrimage, in 2015, that's a long time ago 2015, yeah. I would say more than half their fleet was stick shifts. And they were fielding calls from people that would call them and say, I want to do laps on the track in your Mm -hmm. rental car. Will you please teach me manual transmission while we do it? And they had to figure out how to be nice enough to be like, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, that's the last thing you want to do. So, yeah. so we can take yeah. out variables so you enjoy it more. That's great. But if you're but if you're comfortable, we've had people every year that are like, I drive whatever. Can I drive one there? Bring it, because I you'll totally drop into that experience and love it. Yeah. All right, Roberto
0: Alberti. Hello, my friend. Thank you for writing. Asks, would we consider another episode hosted across the pond to review cars like the A45S or the Alpine A110S? Yes, and I can tell everybody at this point, our Iberia trip that we've been looking forward to for so long and and planned, it is not happening due to various circumstances. But that's okay. We're We're looking forward to more trips in the future. And as a matter of fact, I will reveal... Part of the plan was to drive the Alpine A110S. That we were was, already,
1: we already had it on the calendar. Uh, we did. I was actually yeah.
0: in contact with the mm-hmm. uh, with folks there and they were ready to pull whatever car was available. And I just said, Great. Pretty much anything will do. Yeah. The 110, the 110S. <laughs> give me one of those. We'll
1: take the rally when we make fun right. of it. Whatever. you know, It's going to be great. I'm going to have fine. fun. With it. Yeah, for I sure, mean, yeah. that would
0: be the car I'd buy. No, stop. Cayman rally a 110 s stop it and a reliable maserati i mean come on right that one especially. so yes yeah. at, at this point we are still wanting to do continual forbidden fruit as todd related to it you know if we took a trip to japan we want to drive the cars that we can't drive in north america absolutely that's our that's our whole th- headspace
1: Man, the questions are flying in. Thank yeah, you guys are. for all the questions. I'm actually having trouble reading as fast as it can go. The autocross <laughs> video is about a month out just for you that are asking. Uh, JB's asking that question. We have, we're have we doing two videos a week right now on YouTube, which we're actually very excited about. We've got a lot of back catalog and some cool stuff coming. There is, I'm going to go ahead and tease it. I'm talking about Thursday. Okay. We're doing a Lemons uh, feature film. We are taking our three Lemons episodes mm-hmm. and put them into one feature film. It is an hour long. It is dropping on YouTube on Thursday. I'm very excited about that piece because it is, it's a really nice three-parter. It's got a nice three-act structure to it, and it's really cool to see it all in one. That is dropping Thursday. I'm very excited. That's happening. We have a piece on our sedans coming in a little over a week, mm-hmm. and that piece yep. is not a driving piece. Very weird for us. We're sitting in the car going, so this is broken, so here's the problem there. <laughs> it, it, it's actually a funny piece, but it's not a driving piece. Right, right. The autocross piece is a few weeks beyond that, so it's going to be very cool.
0: We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage Car Care Products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured,
1: and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. In fact, many of Griot's first customers were collector cars displayed at Pebble Beach. And they're a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, Paul learned his crazy certified Paul-owned car care style directly from Griot's. We've
0: used Griot's Garage car care products on our own cars for over 20 years and we wouldn't use anything else. If you're wondering how to get going they offer free training and techniques through their videos and their website and starter kits that will help your car look its best.
1: Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all the liquid products are made right here in the USA. They offer a 100% lifetime guarantee so give them a try.
0: When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com use the code EVERYDAY for 10% off your order. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy At griosgarage.com. I C S N O says, Why don't we, the collective we, the royal we, or reviewers, talk? Why don't we talk about gear ratios? I feel like they are a key for enjoyment at street speeds and they are difficult to find for many cars. I think the drag racers talk gear ratios. It's the drag people that are into the ratios because they're talking about launches and off the line. And that's really where it matters, especially the guys. I forget the name of the series right now. Somebody's going to correct me, but it's the series where you drive your car for at least five races. But you drive it from drag race to drag race around the country mm. and you, you just tow a little trailer. Or you've got your drag radials in the car with you and you just you go to the next track and it's, you know, run what you brung. It's literally that. And so. It really is, you know, for launches, gear ratios, of course, we'll talk about them if we feel a car is, you know, too high gear ratio doesn't match the RPM. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, the car is engineered to take advantage of the power, the the engine
1: theoretically in that
0: car. And, and, it's, I think it's rare if we notice it and talk about a gear ratio. We well, talk but, about steering feel yeah. ratios. We talk about the center of gravity feel okay. around you. But as far as a gear ratio, well, just ring it out. Well, I want to go faster and that's stay in that gear. We'll just yeah, but hit it, hit the red get, line. You
1: get cars like, and I hate to say it, but some of the Porsche product of late has started to get really, really long gears. And that is annoying. Drag week. Thank you. Yes, drag week. I, Thank I you, just, guys. I don't need really, really long gears. I'd rather use the stick shift.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: as engines get mm-hmm. more powerful, we have torque fill and those kind of things because of turbos. Then you have a reality where it's just like, well, it's just all one gear. You can do all your commuting in one gear and you have to, have to shift. I, don't, I got an, I got a manual to shift a manual. I don't mind if I hit right. three gears to get to 60. That's kind of the fun. That's kind of becoming something that manufacturers are avoiding. Most manufacturers will make sure it's only two gears to 60 because that shift screws with the zero to 60 time. So it they does. will change it so you can get to like 61 in second. But then, which, you know, things like the GT4 were were actually discussed because you're at the top of second and you're like at 100. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but you have a point. Right. Long gears are weird. Uh, we did have an earthquake here. We are okay. Uh, let's see what else we've got. There's so many. Oh, my gosh.
0: Sean Cody Miller says, well, manufacturers drop sports, car in, sports cars in initial stages. I think there's still enough enthusiasts in... Product planning and engineering and design departments of car companies that know sports cars are what bring people to a brand Mm, or mm -hmm. set the styling direction. Not in all cases, but many times the sports car, the Audi R8 is a good example. It sets the theme for future models and then they pull elements off that that say, I really want to have an R8. I love that car. I'd Mm. really like the sports car from Audi, but (laughs) but
1: I can't afford it. I can't afford
0: it. It's not the right car for me, whatever that is. But hey, look, I can get elements of that over in the... Whatever car. Yeah. Have you seen It's the not TT? across the board,
1: though. Yeah. That there's a lot of that, that's always been the idea. You have the Halo car, and then you, and then you have places where it goes really wrong. BMW, what? Who's no, that? No, the GTR. Oh, yes. GTR, unlike everything else we sell. <laughs> nothing else other than the grill and the key fob. Everything else we sell yeah, is the, nothing the like this car. Is Have you heard how great the GTR is? Yes, but I'm buying a Sentra and they are not connected. I'm sorry. Well, here's yeah. my fear for BMW and the
0: beaver teeth being introduced mm. on the oh, M yeah, that cars mm-hmm. that will filter down and trickle down to everything else. Because think about it. Those are the sports cars. Those are the hot ones, really. Mm. So I'm I'm worried about that at this point. Nothing yet, as of this recording, nothing yet. But
1: See Anthony's question? Even though I think I could answer it now, I think the video might be interesting if we could find the right cars. Anthony says, are we planning to do a comparison with the Phaeton and the Maserati versus new entry-level big sedans? Oh, okay. Now, he's, okay. he's okay. suggesting something like the Chevy Malibu. The problem with doing the Chevy Malibu is we know we're not going to pick the Chevy Malibu. What would be interesting is to take it and put it against, like, Camry Accord, things that we know are well-made and sell well. Okay. I think that okay. would be an interesting discussion because that would be a. Are you going to spend, don't spend five, don't spend five. Are you yeah. going to spend 10 or 15, 20, 30 grand on a used version of a hyper luxury car? Or are you going to spend 20, 30 grand on a Camry or a Cord? What are the trade offs? Because that was the conversation. Anybody I've ever known that, that was not a car enthusiast, that's the key okay. thing, okay. that yep. owned a Camry, that was not a car enthusiast, said to me, Why would I get anything else? It's got leather seats. It, it's got heated seats. It's got all the tech I need. It runs. It, why, why would I get a more expensive car? That yeah. would be an interesting discussion that I would like because if we took those cars that we know sell well. I mean, let's be honest. The Chevy Malibu is not this. But if we get those cars that actually do well in that segment and put them against these used cars, that would be an interesting discussion, I think. Well, it's something we've
0: always talked about. Actually, since the outset of the show, we've always talked about Accords and Camrys being a benchmark comparison because they sell so well. Mm -hmm. For no other reason, not because of their driving abilities, but because this car is, well, we just saw it with the Camry pickup truck. It does everything. I can stuff cabinets in the back.
1: Across the board. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But then,
0: you know, what are you willing to lose or gain by spending the same money over here and you still get warranty or tech or whatever else you're looking for? That's actually kind of interesting.
1: All right. uh, What do we got here? We're flying through questions. I keep scrolling and there's (laughs) a ton more. Thank you guys. It's really cool. This is great. This is great. Uh, can we talk old gear oil, diff oil, and all the fluids the size of motor oil? We can talk about that. It's expensive to change them. I just did them on the on the Phaeton, But honestly, it shifts fantastically well.
0: Whatever the car is that has the most expensive fluids, that's the one that I want.
1: That's the one that I'm going to buy. No, but I, I did actually think about this, Noel, recently. I thought about this, that I really think, and I and I don't know that we're all going to actually set aside money for this. But when we buy a used car, what do we think? We think we have to get the oil changed. Mm-hmm. We should do them all you should you should really do them all do the oil do the diff i mean if you're certainly if you're buying a car that is above about 60,000 miles you should just do them all just mm-hmm. get a blank slate of all of those fluids because those are the fluids that we all ignore yeah you right know? and right. and and trust me trust me your transmission costs more than the fluid change even if you have crazy you know Tears of a unicorn fluid like I apparently get, the The <laughs> transmission itself is more expensive. I love that you picked those. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so
0: JB asks, when pilgrimage happens, can we fast-blast review the Renault Megane RS Forbidden Fruit in the U.S. and compare it to the Hyundai Veloster N.? Uh yeah, let's try to get a McGann RS. I can't remember if RSR has I forget which they Macan have a, that an got RSR right flavor of that mm-hmm. that they've kind of built out and stripped out with you know half cage and that kind of thing. But we actually drove the I thirty N, which is the same running gear as the Veloster N, a little mm-hmm. bit different car. But we did have that on the ring. As a matter of fact, while you that.
1: while you're there, hang on. We just had a question. It's actually on Instagram earlier today. Felipe Rodriguez said, what are our opinions on the current Focus ST versus the i30N performance? I'm oh. guessing you are not in the U.S. because they don't sell the i30N oh, okay. here. We yeah, drove yeah, the yeah. i30N. We drove it on the ring. I think it is a better car dynamically than the Focus ST. I agree to that. Agree it's, to that. it's it's well done. It's well done. It, it's essentially, honestly, it's the more normal hatchback shape version of the Veloster N. It's the same running gear. Mm. From the driver's seat, it's almost the same car, but it has a little more traditional hot hat shape. It, it kind of looks our like our what is it the the Elantra? Kind of looks like our Elantra, but yeah. a little bit different. Cool yeah. front faces. We actually saw, we drove it on the ring, and then we saw a ton of them in Frankfurt, like yeah. just dri- being driven. <laughs> like yeah, wait, there there it is again. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, I am the problem on Instagram
0: over here. It says watching the live stream. Thank you so much. With press cars being so important for producing content, they are. Do we feel any implicit or explicit editorial pressure from manufacturers to use things like B roll? Well, as you guys know, mm, we like to question. shoot everything for the show so it's in our style or it matches the things that we've talked about in the review so we can go shoot that thing instead of trying to you know, comb through somebody else's B-roll and, and look for it. And there's not always B-roll from that manufacturer for yeah. various cars. Yeah. We always want to tell the story about where we were in context. So we shot it in winter. The B-roll can't be, hey, summer driving road, something yeah. like that. Yeah, we yeah. have to you know, keep the context the same. And we, again, we always like to shoot our own B-roll, and it's just been something from the very beginning. We want to do it all. Sometimes we honestly can't because of time. Sometimes we can't because, like I said, various reasons will, will interrupt us. And so the B-roll that we do use is very carefully chosen either to look kind of like our style, I'll say, or just help tell the story in general. Mm-hmm. And I would say that B-roll is there for manufacturers to help a lot of people. I mean, let's be honest. That's how Motor Week started. They yes. drove the car and then threw in the B-roll and yeah. called and, it a day. Now,
1: and now they shoot one road. I, yeah. I the way my brain works. If I ever found that road, I could probably drive down that road and tell you where they're standing. It's, it's the same guess. road over and over and over. We actually yeah. here's the thing that we have started to do now more so with B roll because of doing these press launches that we've gone to. We typically can never get everything we want shot during a press launch. Okay, so yeah, I'll that's give you a great good example. Point, yeah. Look at the yeah. BMW X5 M piece. If the car is in motion, we we shot that. If the car Mm -hmm. is interior or beauty, we didn't because we were able to take the time to actually drive it and shoot it the way we wanted to shoot it. And then because, honestly, there's only so many ways to shoot an interior. And while I might not love every shot they got, I can just save the hour or so of shooting that. We can actually keep driving it and get better footage doing that. And I can cut to their B-roll. I don't mind that if I can Mm -hmm. make the car matched. I actually kind of bothered the BMW guys because they had uh, a string of white X5Ms. And then one of them mentioned to me that all the yeah. B-roll was of a blue car. And I was like, then I don't want a white one. He was like, what's the problem? I was like, are you kidding? Yeah,
0: exactly. So, exactly. And they, and
1: they were great. Please don't get me wrong. They were great. But it was, they came over, had taken me to the desk where they hand out the keys. And they were like, he has to have a blue one. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Normally people don't request a color, but I requested a <laughs> color because that's the deal. <laughs> all right.
0: Oh, Devin asked, when is the Tale of the Dragon adventure and meetup happening? He'll make barbecue for the entire group. That's a lot of barbecue. You might need Nate's help, as a matter of fact, Evan. Devin. So, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're volunteering, Nate. That's funny. That's very funny. <laughs>
0: he doesn't know it yet unless he's watching, but yeah, he's, he makes some great sauce, some killer sauce, yes, by he the does. way. Yeah. So yes, we, we definitely are discussing what meetups need to happen this year, but as you can probably guess, our plans have been very fluid at this point. So yeah. we're still discussing, obviously, the Utah meetup is still of key importance to us, but uh, any other trips, we're just kind of taking it you know, a week at a time at this point. So... Uh,
1: there have been a couple people that mentioned that yes, the Focus ST has a new version in Europe. If you're asking in Europe about that versus the i <laughs> think no I-3DM. barbecue for me. <laughs> I wasn't trying to insult your sauce. I will, I will say it's this. I'm trying to um, your sauce. The Focus ST, yes, we have not driven the European version. However, I have not heard anybody, including Tom, who works for Automotor & Sport and used to work for us, Hawaii, Sport. Whose, whose opinion I trust very, very much. I haven't heard anybody talk about the new Focus ST being a standout either. And yet Tom really likes the i30N. So I feel pretty mm-hmm. confident in okay. making a recommendation even without having driven the new Europe, European one.
0: Okay. Uh, any thoughts on the design language of the chairs that we are sitting on? Well, I... Pick them because they're a cool cafe style chair, and as a matter of fact, they are molded plywood. So we are sitting in some very cool DWR chairs. I'm very proud of them. They're cafe chairs, and they're the steamed molded plywood. And they're actually they don't look comfortable, but they're comfortable. So they'll know.
1: Sorry, they are great for like an hour, and then I have got to stand up. Okay, they are not good for editing. They are not good for long term. They fair look really enough, cool. They're perfect for as long as you will sit in them at dinner. And the rest of the time, it looks fantastic. Whereas my chairs look ratty and yet they're comfortable because I need to sit and edit. I, I haven't gotten up for four hours. There's editing to be done. <laughs> you're like anyway. Molded into yes, the chair. Absolutely, just that's what's editing. going on. Yeah. All right. What do you got? What do you got uh, here? Design language of the chairs you're sitting on. I, somebody went there. I just it's can't funny. That was Shane. It. That's very, very that's funny. Awesome. Oh, man. I'm scrolling back through. They're they're flying Okay, That's great. Here's
0: a question from Daniel Hahn asking, how do we keep our local driving roads fun Mm -hmm. after driving them year after year? And he's also watching the live stream on online college video call. So well done for balancing everything, (laughs) Daniel. Well, the driving roads are long. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of sections to them. And we've shot, we've realized that we've shot a lot of them, but there's some sections we still haven't shot. As a matter of fact, lower sections or we'll shoot it. Weather time of day, time of year changes. And then the, the location itself changes, but just the roads change just like the ring changes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with track surface, Mm -hmm. with rain, with sun, all that kind of stuff. It makes the roads different. I think it keeps them fresh. The other thing, they're, they're, I haven't been bored. That's that's my oh, true. bottom line. We, we, we haven't have, been we bored. Have some great, with them.
1: great roads out yeah. here. And we do if if you know what to look for, there's one road near us that's been in uh, at least four of our six seasons of TV, the same road. We've shot it differently. And it is unless fan- you've come to the Utah meetup, we've driven it. Okay, Wolf Creek Pass, we've driven that road. It's a fantastic road. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is, as you're saying, the weather changes it completely. I'll, I'll be sitting in the edit room in the fall. When the trees are gorgeous and we just shot that road and I'll look at footage from two months prior when it was super green and I'll think, That's gorgeous. And we just drove the road. <laughs> and, and you're and it had all the, Where is that? And oh yeah, it, right. it had all the great leaves. So that's really cool. The other <laughs> yeah. thing that happens now with you and I is that honestly the struggle, if there is a struggle, is that we are always looking for new ways to shoot these roads, but we so rarely get to drive them without shooting that when we do, we're like this road's really cool, but we know it subconsciously yeah. well enough that we can go quickly without a what's around this corner. Cause we kind of know, I mean, local is important and it definitely helps
0: for purposes of production from a time standpoint. But we've realized there's so yeah. many roads mm-hmm. in Utah that are unexplored, so many roads nearby and just neighboring States. And so that's why our gear is nimble enough. We can travel
1: and uh, we like to do that. So uh, there was actually just a road. We have our, our 86 uh, Veloster in the first episode of season seven. Sorry. I got my numbers confused. Uh, Side note, sorry, Squirrel. The first five seasons, because we're all sitting at home doing nothing, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, mm-hmm. and and when you hear this podcast, it might not quite be yet, but it is in process. The first five seasons of our TV show are currently free on Prime on Amazon. Thank Season you for mentioning. Six Thank you is still being processed by Amazon, and I am still yelling at them. But the first five yep. seasons are free yep. on Prime. We'd love for you to be watching. If they haven't all gone free on Prime yet, five is in process of doing that. Whatever this. Switches, they flip. So that is happening. So that's very cool. Um, Where was I going beyond that? I was talking about season seven, first episode. We went to a new road that I want to live on. It was great. We We went four and a half, five hours south of here. Yeah. And I would not, I think I annoyed everyone on the shoot. I would not shut up. Look, I. It was great. They were far beyond my expectations. And we got some fantastic footage, a lot of good drone stuff, a lot of fast stuff. It looks really, really great. That's going to be episode one of season seven, which there was a question how is the current climate changing our shooting? We are currently shooting season seven. We yep. are having to take a break from all major travel shooting in April, but by May we plan to be shooting again, we hope. Yeah, we hope. And uh, yeah. we're up the first weekend of July. we will be Season 7, so it's coming. Philip M. asks a tire question. What are two current tire makes and models that are
0: cheaper and comparable to PS4s, the Michelin mm-hmm. PS4s? I had experience with Kumo a long time ago. It's when I still had the Audi. We drove the Audi and the Z.
1: You had the Z. Well, I had, uh, I Was had, it pre nine twenty eight. I had Kumos. I also had the uh, Nidos on the Z. Nidos were good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: those two were surprising, and it was described to me by the people at Discount Tire. They said, "We'll see." I, I cannot confirm or, yeah. or verify this. They said Kumo used the same tire supplier as Michelin. Rubber the same supplier. rubber yeah. uh, supplier, raw materials. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. It's, well, it's the same thing as you, you know, your favorite burgers by the chef in town. You like one restaurant and then you realize you liked another restaurant the, and they point. use the same There's food supplier. There's two
1: great burger, po- burger places in town. One of them is a friend of my wife that runs the place. But two great burger places in town and I, my wife mentioned to her friend that the only other burgers that, that Todd likes as much as yours are over here. And she was like, oh, yeah, same food supplier. Which was amazing yeah, to me. Very so same yeah.
0: thing with tires, but yeah, the, those Nitos were really impressive on your Z, mm-hmm. and I had Kumos. I had a an all season performance Kumo, and this was years ago now, but they were good then. And I mm-hmm. thought, wow, all right, so they're letting me down just a tiny bit. But I have to go find that constantly. The rest of the time, I loved them. Mm-hmm. So I can't again confirm Kumos raw material supplier and what they use. Yeah, but. They have been very impressive, I'll be honest. Uh, By the
1: way, Aviation Direction, I mentioned this earlier, but these mics that we're speaking into are recording the podcast for audio tomorrow. They are not what you were hearing there. You're hearing uh, the the streaming device uh, just in the room. Just phone audio.
0: All right, uh, what else? Oh, man. The questions keep on coming. We're right uh, at an hour already. Thank you, guys. You blasted
1: through them in 20,000 miles on the Cayenne. Honestly, it doesn't matter what what tires I buy. If I buy anything that's a performance tire on the Cayenne, I'm lucky to get 10,000 miles. I had to go to a heavy-duty all-season. It's the – what do we have on there right now? It's a Pirelli, I think, all-season because I have BlizzX on in the, in the winter. And that all-season is supposed to last 60,000 miles. I'll be amazed if I get 20 because the car is a pig. It – Blows through tires because mm-hmm. it weighs five thousand pounds, and if you live in the mountains, it will also blow through brakes. Yokohamas are a great tire.
0: I just blew through them on the nine twenty eight. They just they were gone in five or six thousand miles,
1: this and I the, loved them. This is the reason I haven't put the stock tires on my Elise. However, having but after just done autocross, I went. Hmm, it's going to say tires.
0: It's going to yeah. say maybe you should. Uh, what else? A couple more questions here before we uh, have to sign off. Uh, who,
1: <laughs> when we travel, let's say at hotels, who's the one that has to be woken up? None of us, except apparently now I snore and can actually just like tear down walls. Earplugs. So, yeah. Earplugs. That's all bad. Or, yeah. That's yeah. all bad. Anyway. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, what else? What else? Just a couple more, Yeah, maybe? we've got a couple more
1: here. We're just about to close down. Thank you guys for joining us on this live stream. Thank you for joining us on the audio version of the podcast as well. Yeah, very different. Very I am going to say, yeah. if you have not rated this podcast, please do that for us. If you haven't left a rating and review. Oh, yeah, I know when you look call. at it, you think that it's been rated, it's been done. But honestly, it's the consistent – and this is the thing we've learned. It's the consistent rating and reviewing that keeps it as a top 10 automotive podcast. And if you're listening for one of the first times or you've never seen our live stream or anything like that, granted, we've done two. The, the thing is, <laughs> of all if the you've just joined done, us – most people that say they've just joined us have just joined us because they were just looking for an auto podcast and they went through like the list of what are the top 10 and thought the description of this one looked good. If we were down in the thirties or forties, they would have never found it, which is great. Thank you guys for listening, for engaging that much. Also those ratings and reviews matter on IMDB and Amazon as well for the exact same reason. So we really appreciate it guys. Thank you so much for all your questions. I
0: always thank you, but this is the time when it's the questions that you guys Tell us, and we just have a lot of fun answering them, and we feel like we're just in a conversation together. So Mm -hmm. the live stream proves that. Thank you, guys. This won't be all the time, but we're going to start doing this more. (laughs) And We're uh, all quarantined,
1: sitting (laughs) around doing nothing. We may as well watch some more video. Yay!
0: And uh, definitely more guests because uh, we've really got the ability now. So thank you again. Keep writing your car debates, your car conclusions. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to get to some more car conclusions again soon. We're looking forward to next time. Thank you, guys.
1: Cheers, everyone.